The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, is Michelle Yu. Now, normally I would give her a tremendous introduction, but unfortunately, Michelle has to go quickly today because she has to go pick up her kids. Yes, uh, my mom is supposed to pick up my kid, and there's traffic, so I gotta go. Um, so so go. very quickly into three things. Of, no, oh no, you want to talk about our guest? Oh. Well, our guest is cool. So His name's Bob Fetkin, and he yeah. is one of the owners of the Chosen Vron, who I'm who we sure. Love. We love the Chosen Vron. So we're gonna find all uh, find out all about him and his horse racing ownership journey after we do three things of dope. I gotta find out about the name too. You will. I can't wait. I guarantee it. Um. Okay. Three things of note. Go ahead. First thing is, first foals have arrived for several stallions, including Rockier World, a filly, No Parole, a colt, Known Agenda, a filly, and Raging Bull, a filly. I really liked the Raging Bull colt. Let me ask, let me say, first of all, why did you roll your R on Raging Bull? It's, Raging he's not Bull. Spanish. Oh, I don't know. He's <laughs> French, isn't he? Is he French? <laughs> I, I think he's French. I think he is. <laughs> Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Okay. Good. Okay. You love full uh, patrol. Does that mean full patrol's back? Full patrol. Well, yes. This is no, like that your favorite yes, time I mean, of year. kind of, right? Right. Yes, you love it that. is full patrol's back. But full generally, patrol. full patrol is uh is for our mares. Right. Okay. You're right. Okay. Uh, let's see. So the second thing is sadder notes. <gasps> Hot Rod Charlie has been retired, and yeah, he has been we, sold to Japan. Yeah, we knew that was coming. I mean, our our guy Bill I Strauss. Mean, you know what? We gotta have Bill on. We haven't had Bill yeah, on in a while. I we just that talked we to him. We're gonna like run him like once, twice, three times more before sending him off to stud. I mean, there's three huge races on the table that we need good older horses for: yeah. the Pegasus, the Saudi Cup, and the Dubai World Cup. And you could make a ton of money. And like, as the wanna... handicap division gets like melted down every year at this time, he should have stayed around. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I do believe. That the deal they had originally made with Gainsway had Gainsway had the right after the race to just say that's enough. I think it was something like that, but don't quote me if you're listening. All right. If Bill's listening, well, we'll he call is Bill. heading Maybe to. We'll have, you know what we should do? We should, should have Bill, we should have Bill Strauss on like a Bill Strauss section every week for just like a couple of minutes. We'll have, we'll have Bill on, and he could just tell us everything that happened with Charlie. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean nothing anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but then we could talk about Ken's. We could talk about restaurants. You know, Bob Fetkin, by the way, big restaurant guy. We're going to find out. Excellent. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then the final thing of note is that Keeneland January Horses of All Ages sale is ticking right along. By the way, they are a sponsor of the Owner's Box. <laughs> um, but still, the sale has been extremely good. I have been watching. We sit here and we turn it on the, the YouTube channel. And the other day, the session topper was a filly named Ancient Peace, $650,000 on behalf of Board Shorts Racing, you guys. Do you know who Board Shorts Racing is? I, well, I mean, I know they're out here with uh, Quinn Howie, but I don't actually. I, I, I saw them at the sales, at the Calvert sales, 
but I like said hi in passing and that's it. Like, do you actually know them? No, that's why I was asking you. Oh, we should. We need to get them on the show for sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. I don't know what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, because they spend a ton of money. Uh, Hunter Rankin purchased on behalf of them. And... Well, I know Hunter. Maybe we'll have Hunter on. Has sure. he been on? No, I don't even get, know who he is. Let's get Hunter on. We'll get so, him on next week. Since we're talking about that, though, Board Shorts Racing closed out the second day of the sales as the leading buyer by gross um, by buying horses for over a million bucks. Well, I like Board Shorts. Yeah, right? Me and too. I wear board shorts sometimes. <laughs> um, what about Cal Cup Day, Michelle? You don't want to mention that as like a th- number three? Yes. Cal Cup Day can be a thing. I got sidetracked because of full patrol. Um, <laughs> and I just got – I get so excited. Right. But yeah, we did. We had Cal Cup Day. And Cal Cup Day is all for the Calbreds, obviously. And for me, the, the highlight truly was watching the chosen Ron – I know he's beaten big city lights on a couple of occasions already, but it's just never like a for sure thing. And the way that he um, won that race was just amazing, I thought. So I'm I was really excited to to get to watch him. Cal Cup D- Derby winner, uh, Thirsty John off the big layoff for Terry crazy. Levenger. That was crazy. That like, was crazy. Yeah. Uh, so he broke his maiden first time out going four and a half. And then he shows up 16 months late. I mean, like a long time later, right? How long is it later? Seven months later. Yeah, it was a long Seven time. Seven months later. And he won a mile in a 16th race on the lead. And he did it like, I mean, fast. It wasn't like, oh, he went out and walked the dog. He put up the fractions, fought off everybody. Yep. I mean, he ran super, super good. thought it was a really good day of racing for all it the was. Cowbreds. The, and you know the what, turf Michelle? Races, Kalinga Road won the Unusual yep. Heat Turf Classic. Um, and then we also had Grazed My Heart get up in the shadow of the wire for the Leanne Howard Cal Cup Oaks. Um, and then Big Summer, I thought, was a very obvious winner of the Sunshine Millions Turf Sprint, so that was good for her as well. And, and Bob Baffert, shockingly, I mean, I don't want to throw this. This is, like, shocking. This is yeah, shocking right? news. I wish we had that music. He finished first, second, and third sham. in the sham for, like, the 35th yeah. straight time. But yeah. interestingly enough, reincarnate paid thirty five dollars well, fi- in a five was, horse field. Look at first of all, Second when I handicapped all, the race, yeah, uh, I didn't think Speedboat Beach was not going to run. So that kind of like just took the wind out of my sails because it ruined my whole pace scenario. Mm. Second of all, I hate having to do things early because when I saw the horse in the paddock, reincarnate reincarnate was a an beast. absolute stud. If yeah. you listen to like my pre-race, I was like, uh, bet all your money on this or he is so good looking. I love that. Like, I don't like first time versus winners, but holy cannoli, that horse was a man amongst boys. <laughs> if you don't name a horse holy cannoli, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I don't, I just named like four horses this week. Did you try holy cannoli? No, I didn't. I need, um, no, it wasn't one. I named five, I named five horses this week and didn't use holy cannoli. What? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Before up. we go to break and before we bring on, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Hold on. I just have to, because I might just grab it for you. <laughs> let's see if I can, let's see how quickly I could get on. No one wants to hear this. All right, Michelle, what else? Um, we're going to talk to Bob Fetkin. Oh, it's taken in it, 2020. Uh, so long time before we're allowed to use it. Oh, uh, <laughs> damn it. All right. Well. Let's take a break and let's get to Bob Fetkin. We'll be right back here on the owner's box. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Santa Anita Park. We are proud to be partnered with Santa Anita for their 2023 Classic Meet. Santa Anita's Pick 5 pools have averaged over a million dollars thus far during the Classic Meet. Don't miss out on racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with first post at 12 p.m. Pacific time. 
Every Saturday and Sunday, we'll feature live races from Santa Anita and Gulfstream Park for the Coast to Coast Pick 5 with a dollar minimum and the player-friendly 15% takeout. Additionally, every weekend, host the $18,000 Santa Anita Pick'em Contest, which is an online contest mixing popular sports props, including horse racing and football, offered every Saturday and Sunday. $500 in prize money to the top player each day. Finally, you can also get involved in the Show Viver Contest. You can play online for free. You select one horse a day to compete for prize money across six different categories log on to santaanita.com forward slash contests all right back here on the owner's box uh very special guest today bob fetkin is joining us bob thank you very much for coming on the show thanks for having me i appreciate it no we appreciate you um you had a great weekend uh the chosen veron michelle and i were just talking to about him earlier in our in our show and uh we're gonna get into him but before before we talk about the chosen Brown and all his success tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into the game of uh, of horse racing and became an owner all right well if i get too verbose stop me How's oh we that? will we'll just no, jump in we we're just gonna say we believe it. me um, michelle probably will don't right, worry about it all right well i'm uh i'm 64 but when i was about 12 years or so 12 years old or so uh, my aunt from new jersey used to come to detroit where we lived and uh, she loved going to the racetrack. And I was like I said, I was about 12 or so, 12, 13. Wait, what racetrack? I went track? to DRC. Uh, DRC, Detroit Racetrack. Detroit Racetrack. That's amazing. You know, my wife uh, is from Detroit and uh, Royal Oak. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I also went to Northville Downs and Hazel Park. Wow. So I went to, as I got a little bit older, I started going to a few different tracks. But anyways, I, uh, I think my interest peaked probably because my aunt loved to bet the horses and the very first time I went, I think I had maybe 2 or $3 with me, which was a lot of money back then. This was in the late 60s, <laughs> early 70s. And I, you know what? I kind of figured out that if I just bet horses to show, I have a better chance at collecting money. <laughs> Wasn't necessarily the best bet, but I, I think I came home with like 8 bucks. I think I went there with like 3 and I just thought, wow, this is pretty easy. I more than doubled my money in you know a few hours, and I had fun doing it. So... You know, that kind of led to going to the track every time she came to Detroit and, uh, you know, ended up getting involved in horse racing in the early 90s. That's amazing. What? See, so you went, it's, it's, it seems like it's always family, right, Michelle? Like, this, mm-hmm. we've had that more than anything. And especially in a place like Detroit or Michigan where you don't think, I mean, there's, there's no racing there anymore. I, I don't, is there, Bob? Am I wrong about that? You know now, you know, I don't know. I went in the Navy in 77 and really didn't end up back in Detroit. I landed in uh, San Diego and stayed there from 81 and loved Del Mar. That's a whole separate story. But the go there's the no, we want so. we want that story because Michelle <laughs> Michelle is a Saratoga person and I'm the Del Mar guy. All right. All right. Well, you know, what? after I left the Navy in 77, I really never made it back to any of the Detroit tracks. But like I said, I went to DRC, Hazel Park and Northville Downs. And I believe Northville was, we called them buggies, harness racing. So I, I think, uh, and again, I think all, all three tracks are closed, if I'm not mistaken. So you've, it seems to me that you, you've, you kind of fall in love with the sport. You think this is a, 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 quote, easy way to make some money. It's fun. It's exciting. <laughs> how, tell us about how you ultimately became an owner and, and bought your first horse or what research you did. Give our, give our audience a little history of the Bob Fetkin experience. Uh, how about if I call it shooting from the hip? That's fine. Um, <laughs> I like that. I, uh, you know, I, I love horse racing. After I got out of the Navy in 81, I met my wife and, you know, 
got her going to Del Mar with me every time the horses came there. And it was only the, you know, from July to September meet back then. Sure. Um, you can take your lawn chairs, your coolers, go sit down by the finish line. And, you know, again, you know, not a lot of money. So, you know, limited budget, just try to get in the track and maybe went there with 20 bucks every time. That's amazing. Um, as I got a little bit older, I uh, became a little bit successful in the restaurant business. And, uh, in 1991 or 92, I'd owned a couple of restaurants in the San Diego area, and I connected up with Paula Gary. Okay. Paul, there's a shout out to you. And my very first horse was a horse named Mary Song. It was a $10,000 claim. And again, I believe that was 91 or 92. It was quite a few years ago. And uh, we had a little bit of success with her. I made a little bit of money. And again, it's like, wow, this is easy. I mean, I can make a living at this. Uh, <laughs> however, that is not we, the case. We laugh so with we you, Bob. We laugh with you. Me. Not at you. We laugh, we laugh with you when you say you can make a living out of this thing. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <clears throat> well, so, that, you know, I, I, go keep going because I, I want to hear this. Well, so you start with a $10,000 claim. Yeah, there's one interesting story about Bob Baffert. Um, gosh, again, I, you know, I didn't know a lot about the guy at the time. This was probably 91 or 92. And... Paul goes, hey, you know, I got a lead on this horse that Bob's selling. Um, I, I think the guy somehow hadn't paid his barn fees and owed some vet bills. And, you know, it wasn't a stakes horse, obviously. So Bob just wanted to get rid of it. And it was a horse named Spellbinding. And you can look this one up. Sure. I won his first race in 92. And I bought that horse off Bob. I think it was like 800 bucks. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Paul took him up north. Paul took him up north. We ran him up there a couple times. I, I, there were like 5,000 claimers or something. Again, I don't remember. It was so long ago. But, sure. you know, he won a couple six furlong races going minute 12. And, again, I thought, wow, this is easy. Uh, but things changed over the years. Let me say that. Well, that's interesting because I, and, and Mich- I know Michelle's chomping at the bit to ask a question. But, Bob, let me keep going yeah. on this. You say things changed. We talk about on this show constantly the the roller coaster that is horse racing ownership. You're going to have peaks. You're going to have valleys. You're going to have times when you never win a race. You're going to have times when you win every single race. It's just the nature of the game. What did you find when you say to me or to and to us and to our audience, uh, things changed? Well, you just hit the nail on the head. You know, you 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 know. I think at some point you learn you can't get too high and you can't get too low. Um, you know that roller coaster ride. You're you got a couple wins under your belt and you come up with a shin or a, a knee or a hip or something. And the horse has turned out for four or five, six months, whatever. Um, you know, it's just, it's very difficult. They're, they're like athletes, you know, they, they uh, have to stay in shape and, you know, running the anywhere from five furlongs to however long they run, you know, mile and a half or whatever, you know, they, they, it takes wear and tear on their body. So um, you have to really be careful and, you know, again, not get too high, not get too low. I think just pray they always stay sound. And uh, when they win, enjoy it. And when they lose, uh, don't beat yourself up over it. Would you say that you, you know, in those years, what, um, and you've gone from the $10,000 claimer, sounds like you're sticking around, you're buying a horse for $800. How did the transformation go to being able now to own horses like the Chosen Ron and like a bunch of the horses that you have currently? Well, a couple scenarios changed. I said I'm a little bit older now, and, you know, we had some success in restaurants, in real estate. So, you know, the budget changed a little bit. Um, you know, there's you know, there's several variables. Michelle, you, you had mentioned the other day, you know, you got the micro-ownership portion of it. I mm-hmm. think everybody's, and, you know, any horse owner, I'd have to say um, that, you know, when you get into the business, you want to win the Kentucky Derby. You know, there's other races, Breeders' Cup, Dubai, et cetera, but... You know, that, that's kind of like the uh, the pinnacle, even though it's not, you know, the most lucrative race. Sure. It's kind of like everybody knows the Derby. So, 
as you're going. I realized at some point that buying one horse or two horses just wasn't going to get it. Um, <laughs> so I got involved with class racing. Joe Messino, who's a very good friend of mine. Of course. Um, got a handful of horses with Joe. Still have one with Messino racing now. Um, I have a handful of horses that I own various percentages of with Bob Hess and some other trainers. And then uh, I got involved with a Colts group. Uh, we did a 22-horse uh, purchase with uh, Brad Cox and Liz Crow. Oh, uh, they hand- oh you're in that horses. group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm part of 10-strike racing, yeah. And, and we, have, uh, we have some really nice horses. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm in, uh, in Kentucky the first Saturday of May this year with one of those horses yeah. at a very small ownership level. But you know what? I think it kind of gets to the point where – it's very, very, very difficult to get, for example, like a California Chrome, who I think that was their only horse, or they only had a handful of horses, you know, sure. to do that on your own. There's really these larger groups that are syndicated to some respects, and they, they get large purchases. You know, they drop a million on a colt, and if it doesn't work, you know, you don't, you don't feel this thing too bad if you purchased it yourself, you know, and, you know, you dropped that million and didn't make it. So you're able to leverage it or hedge it, I guess is a little bit is a better word. Uh, hedge your money or or your your risk uh, on those uh, on those group or syndications. Absolutely, Michelle, go ahead. So when we're talking about this. I feel like a lot of your interests and purchase are still kind of geared towards winning that Kentucky Derby. So if you're chasing the Derby, do you still look at Phillies and have Phillies? And do you still? enjoy all aspects of the racing even though like i feel like a big focus of your goal is to get to like a key big race well i'm gonna i'll answer uh i guess a couple of different ways one i mean you know you always want a great horse mm-hmm. you know we we're really fortunate with ron i don't want to jump ahead a little bit but you know the oh the we're gonna get Molly to him don't worry group. i love him yeah yeah well well we own tis molly as a racehorse under class racing and then when the horse tis molly wasn't able to run anymore uh, I bought more ownership, John Sondereker, Dick Thornburg, and Eric Kroljack. So we're the four owners of Tiz Molly, hence we're the owners of, of Ron. But we've gotten some nice fillies uh, coming up here on the horizon out of Tiz Molly. One's out of Grayson named Amazing Grace. And mm-hmm. we have a clubhouse ride filly with no name yet that's uh, as a yearling. So um, I guess the answer is, you know, you just want a good sound racehorse, have fun and win races. But on the other hand, um, I have a I have a mayor in Kentucky called Madison Cat. We're in full Todd Fennick, and we have a cult. Oh, we have a cult. So um, yeah, so there you go. So I I guess that kind of sort of answers your question because again, you're at the pinnacle. You want to win the Derby, but there's some really nice Breeders' Cup races too, obviously. So you know, as I got down the road further, it's like I'd love to dirty Derby, but I I wouldn't mind being uh, out there in Santa Anita, you know, the beginning of November, running in a couple right. races either. So well, you certainly have a chance. I don't know where he'd run, but the chosen Ron. I'm just, I mean, nine for thirteen in his career, a oh, second, wait, two thirds. You don't want to get there yet? Have, like, wait, I have like two more questions. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So we don't we have to. to Ron. Well, I just I don't because otherwise we're gonna go to Ron and then it feels weird to come back. So I want to just. I was gonna wait. Hold on. I was gonna ask him about his restaurants. Is there any that we know? <laughs> well, I um, I wasn't old enough to be going to restaurants in the in the nineties. I was. I went to McDonald's. Right. W- I'm sorry. So what was the question? What restaurants did you own? Um. So in the uh, in the ninety. Well, my first restaurant was a. Co- a uh, restaurant called Michael's Place. It was over there off the View Ridge and the I-15, right there where the Chargers practice field used to be. Yeah. Uh, then we opened up a second restaurant, and then uh, down the road a little bit further, I got involved with Arby's Roast Beef, who you're probably familiar with. Where's the beef? And 
Yeah, and we were uh, we were a franchisee. We had restaurants in San Diego, L.A., all the way up to like Salinas, Fresno, up that area. So we had uh, quite a few restaurants. I was partners with a couple other folks, and we owned and operated about seventy Arby's roast beef restaurants until wow. two thousand eight. Yeah, so. I'm a big Arby's guy. I, I haven't Me been there too. in a while, but I think it's good, actually. I, I still eat there. I still you eat know what I still – I used to – my favorite thing, this is no joke, was I loved – they had a BLT on this, like, amazing bread, and then I would get it with uh, curly fries. What about the horsey sauce? And a jamocha shake. And, and the horsey sauce. And the horsey sauce. The horsey kidding, sauce. Right? That's the best. <laughs> All right, Michelle, go uh, ahead. Okay. I'm sorry so, I sidetracked us. Then, I know, sorry. Uh, so then I know you told me when I spoke with you the other day that you have, like, 50 horses or parts of 50 horses. So I do. what aspect of the game is your favorite? Is it breeding? Is it owning? Is it like planning the matings? Uh, is it selling? Well, I think the biggest adrenaline rush is having a horse like Bron that uh, gets you in the winter circle on a regular basis. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you know, there's various aspects. It's difficult to own a bunch of race horses and make money just racing only. Um, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to meet uh, the owner of Small Best Thoroughbeds, Fletcher Mock, out in Kentucky. And Fletcher and I have been partners now, well, I'm going to say going out 15 years, maybe 12 or so, 15 years. And we've had a number of, uh, number of broodmares. Uh, we've done some pin hooking. We have some horses that we've syndicated and raced. And really and truly, I mean, you know, he's forgot more than I'll ever know about horses. And I trust a lot of the decisions that I think you asked Michelle about breeding and stuff like that. There's always a thrill there, too, because, like, for example, we're in fall to authentic. We have a cult. Well, will we be disappointed with a uh, failure? No, but you got a cult out of authentic coming up, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's excitement and adrenaline rush to that, too. And then, you know, when you're selling horses, you know, you're at the sale. You want that number to keep going higher and higher. You, there's underbidders. You want them to bump it up a little bit more. And hopefully, you know, you get the return that you're looking for. But there's risk involved with that, too. So, you know, we've, we've done pin hooking with, you know, again, syndications where we had 12 or 15 horses that we bought in one year. To This past year, we had, uh, we had three uh, mares in fall that we sold in the November sale. And we have uh, McLean's Music Cult that we're going to sell this September. And then again, like I said, we have some other ones. So, you know, I, I think the biggest adrenaline rush, the answer to your question is, the absolute is the horse racing piece of it. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. you know, the fastest two minute in sports. And last week was the fastest minute eight seconds in sports. I but, agree. Um, it, it, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing like that. My wife watched the races with me and I can't sit down. I mean, I'm standing in front of the TV <laughs> and she's saying, get out of the way, get out of the way. <laughs> what's, your, what's your rooting style? What's your rooting style? Are you a snapper? Are you a clapper? Are you a screamer? All of the above. Oh, just yell. <laughs> All of the above. I, I get that um, feeling, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you when, know. When you own shares of all these horses and you're into so many different aspects of the game, how many decisions are you making? Or are you one of the guys that's like, you know what, I trust the team I've, I've put together and let's just go in this direction? You know, there's really no decision. I think it's input, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, I always have suggestions. Some trainers are more receptive to that than others. Some groups are more receptive to that than others. So, I mean, it really just depends. But, you know, you have to have trust or faith in your trainer, uh, you know, because, you know, he or she knows that horse, you know, better than you do. And, you know, you sit here and handicap, you look at a form. But I was told a long time ago, a horse can't read the form. So right. um, <laughs> we, we had a horse years ago at Del Mar. You may or may not remember this. Birdie House. Yeah, uh, went I off, remember. Went off the board at like 90 to 1, uh, first time on grass. And the trader told me, he goes, look, if he likes the grass, he's going to win. Well, you can go back and research it. Birdie House 
he he won and paid. I'm going to say like 170 or something like that. It was a big number. And awesome. All my friends had money across the board, and you know, there's a lot of hundred dollar bills floating around. So that's a big excitement there too. But it was more of a discussion with the trainer. You know, how do you feel about it? I said, I don't even know. Does can a horse like the grass or does it like the grass? He goes, Pedigree tells me he should. If he does, he's going to run nights out, and he did. So, um, you know, it's 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 you don't you know you really don't have a decision unless you're a majority owner. Let me put it that way. Right. Yeah, Bob, Bob Fetkin joining us here on the Owner's Box. Bob, interestingly enough, and, and Michelle brought it up, you're in a lot of shares. You're, you're part of Ten Strike. You're part of this. You own in a partnership for the shows of Ron. I'm a partnership guy myself, so I am you know very biased by this question that I'm going to ask you. Uh, but I, oftentimes, um, individual owners, I feel, might have a hard time with their egos getting in with other people with their partners when i first came up in that time i mean i've been going to the tracks in 75 but you know in that 91 range when i started to do partnerships you know partnerships were frowned upon um you know they were completely you know it was like oh you can't afford to do it yourself this is the sport of kings that mantra that that messaging has changed how is someone like you who's very successful restaurateur and and real estate how are you able to kind of pull back your ego and say look this is just this is just a better way to do this you know i don't i don't know that you actually pull it back i mean you know as an owner you love to see your horse and the name you know your name on uh, next to the horse in the program or on tv or whatever or they talk about the owner's you know, then you're with a 10 strike group, you know, your name will really never be on there. Right. Um, but you have, but you have Marshall, you but you have Marshall Graham. Yeah. Who's the best. Yeah. Marshall Graham, Clay Sanders, two great people. And Clay. I love Clay more directly, but shout out to Clay. He's a fantastic guy. Um, love working with him. Hope he's listening. But, he's very um, smart. You know, too, I, both I think of them. just accepted. I'm sorry. I said both of them are very smart. They are. They like money. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, anyways, uh, I, I think you accept it. You know, when you get into the uh, larger group, you're you're going towards that uh, the goal, the pinnacle, and try and get to the Derby. So, you know, if out of our ten strike group of colts we have this year, if we get to the Derby, and I'm fortunate enough to be standing down there in the winter circle or with you know Marshall and Clay and those folks, uh, I can put my ego aside for that because I know in my heart that I owned a small portion of a horse <laughs> that won the Kentucky Derby. Now, would I like to see Bron win the Breeders' Cup? I mean, are you kidding me? Of course, you know, but. Um, you know, uh, you, you just kind of, I guess, you just kind of learn to accept it, knowing that when you go into those large groups, unless you're going to be a majority shareholder, you know, your name and decisions, uh, you know, probably aren't going to exist. And even your input will be very minimal, if at all. Yeah, I hear you. Michelle, are we okay to talk about the shows in Vermont now? I mean, do okay, I need... one more question. Okay. Where, where do you call home base, Bob? Because you have a, an area code that's local to here in Southern California. But then when I spoke to the day, you said you were in Florida. Do you live by coastal no, I did for a while. Um, when we, uh, after we sold our Arby's, we still have a few restaurants out here in Florida. and We have some property out here on the southeast. Um, we moved permanently out here in 2017 and live in St. Pete Beach, Florida. Okay. Um, I do commute back to California. I think I told you I'm going there tomorrow because we have some grandkids up in Northern Cal. But um, I live now here in, in Southern Florida area, well, Tampa area. And um, I do get to California, though, quite a bit. I'm there three or four times a year. And, you know, we have, you know, I'm, I'm with Bob Hess. We have uh, horses out here in Florida, too, some Florida breads, too. So mm-hmm. I'm able to attend races out here and watch some of our horses from time to time. Makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about Chosen Braun. Um, Where does name come from? Well, Who is the Star Wars fan? What are you talking about? All right. 
All right. So uh, Dick, John, I, and Eric, you know, we kind of each year, you know, take turns naming. We kind of, uh, the year the Chosen Braun was uh, was named, uh, my son-in-law, Sam Reiner, um, he, uh, you know, we passed the hat around the uh, family and said, look, the, the Sires Bronski, you guys all know Tiz Molly, um, you know, we were trying to come up with names and he came up with the Chosen Braun, which passed the uh, test for our family. So I submitted it to John, Eric, and those folks, and they went with it. I think I submitted three names, and I, quite honestly, I don't remember what the other two, but the Chosen Ron stuck, and uh, I still give my son-in-law shout-outs because uh, it's the best horse I've ever owned, and he was Aww. fortunate enough to name it. I, You know what? I love the fact that it's the Chosen Ron. Yes. Like, I remember watching him work before his debut, and I'm like, I cannot wait for this horse to race. I love him already. What is the Star Wars reference, Michelle? I don't know it. The Chosen One. Well, there's a lot of different Chosen Ones. I mean, you can call it after... I thought it was like LeBron James is also named no, the Chosen was, One. What is it after? It was for Vronsky. It was for Vronsky. The yeah, it was, the it was for Vronsky. And I, uh, but the Chosen... Okay. But the Chosen One. The yeah, Chosen One. Yeah, okay. the Chosen One is like a total Star Wars reference. Right. Like, okay. Right. Okay. But then like we changed the it to Vron... I got that. Yes, I mean, come on. I mean, for sure, it had to be from like the chosen one from Star Wars. He's taking you on quite. That is the central (laughs) Jedi prophecy. Is the chosen one? I think it's like every movie's central prophecy. But if you say (laughs) that Star Wars, listen. If Bob says Star Wars, I'm going to go with it. I'm fine. I'm not going to argue. Made made the name. That's right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you talk about the chosen run now, Billy. Okay. I just, you know. Listen, all of us, anybody on this call has had good horses, and you just said this is the horse of, of your life. I mean, when you win 9 of 13 career starts, he, he's something special. I thought the other day in the in the Don Valpredo California Cup sprint, I thought it was so smart that he just went right to the front. That's not necessarily always his style, but he was the best horse in the race, and he was just so game down the line. Oh this horse God, is so, so game. game. He went so fast. Yeah. it's What is that? I guess – What's your overall assessment of the Chosen Vron experience, Was is my question. Well, um, I'm going to back up to what Shell said just a few minutes ago. You know, um, normally when you're bringing a two-year-old along or, you know, a young three-year-old, you know, and you start seeing bullet works, you know, not a lot of trainers want to see those bullet works too early on because they're still developing in that. So I, too, Michelle, when you said, you know, when he first started working, then I'd see a you know, 35 for three-eighths and a 47 for a half, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. wow, you know. And, and it, by the way, Eric's just a phenomenal trainer. He never wants to take credit for the chosen Brown. He said it's the horse, but truly Eric knows that horse better than anybody and has just done a great job bringing him along to get him to where he is today. But, you know, Eric's very conservative and always has the horse's best interest in mind. So for sure. me to see those, you know, three or four or five bullets, whatever it was before his maiden race, I'm thinking, wow, this horse has got some speed. Um, and then obviously his maiden, I think that was the only other time he was on the lead. He uh, he broke fairly early and just kind of pulled away. And um, I think early on, I thought, well, that's going to be his style. He's going to be a front runner. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think he likes to take dirt, as you've seen in the past. So this race did surprise me a little bit, although it was a little bit shorter. Um, and he took some pressure from the outside pretty early, too. So yes, he was he did. kind of forced to uh, to run a little bit. And, you know, Big City Lights is a great horse. I tip my hat off to that horse. Um, you know, the first two times we went up against him, we kind of, you know, stalked him a little bit. And then, you know, when we turned for home, he kicked it in. But it was it was the opposite. And I actually thought we might have got caught at the wire there. But Ron, uh, he's just got a big heart. And he's, and he's very athletic, too. And he just dug in and uh, stretched that neck out right at the wire and, uh you know, needless to say, we're, we're pretty happy with that. And it also, like you said, too, you know, I mean, 
you run 13 races, you know, if, if you're winning 25, 30%, you got a real nice horse. Sure. And for him to uh, be in the money, you know, 12 out of 13 times, his only uh, really tough race was the Pat O'Brien not too far back. Yeah, last, uh, last, uh, last year at Del Mar. Yeah, you know what? No excuses. You know, he had that layoff. We had that, that surgery. Um, you know, he ran the California Dreamin', came flying late on the grass and, you know, could, couldn't quite get up there. And I thought he was going to do a little better in the Pat O'Brien, but we happened to have a new jockey that day. And, uh, you know, he's done a phenomenal job, Barrios. You know, he's won four straight. Um, yep. I think there was a little learning, you know, kind of like you get a new car, mm-hmm. you got to learn how to drive it. <laughs> he uh, still beats some know, really good horses, too, absolutely. with all this. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I, you know, if we have it to do again, I, you know, Barrios on him now, I think we might have a little different result. He's in a lot better shape. But, you know, you can't turn the clock back. There were some fantastic horses in that race. You know, we weren't good enough that day, but, you know, don't get me wrong. I'd like to have another shot at a race like that. Well, you might because, you know, he's a gelding. Um, so he's probably right. not going anywhere as long as he's on. But, it's, you know, it's interesting. I, I could look back probably on the charts. Was he gelded before his first race? Was there a reason he was gelded? Do you know what happened there? Uh, yeah, he was gelded before his first race. Um, you know, I know when Eric was training him, there were some issues with his hind end and mm-hmm. apparently some issues with uh, – you know, the way the test goal was hanging. Um, and I, and he wasn't actually turning in some very good works. He was coming up a little bit sore after the works. And, you know, it, you get a horse like this, certainly you think, man, I wish I could have bred it. But, you know, to be honest with you, he may not be the horse that he is today had Eric not done what he did. So, you know, I don't, I don't think you can look back. It's It's been a fun ride. I certainly enjoy loving, you know, loving to watch him race every single race. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I think I think that's a great lesson that you can't look back. And what you said is mm-hmm. is absolutely true, because people ask me all the time, ah, you know, why do you have a geldum that loses all our value? We're like, OK, but your value, if you don't geldum, is zero. Right. So, right. you know, and whether it's something physically like you mentioned or something mentally. So I think and, and think about the enjoyment as long as. I just knocked on wood that he stays sound. I mean, you're going to have, he's, he's not, it's not like he's over the hill or anything. He's got plenty of races left. He's on a four race winning streak. So what do you do now? It, you keep talking breeders cup. I've heard you mention it three times. It's at Santa Anita, a track. Obviously he loves, how do you get there? What's, do you work backwards? Do you have you, you guys sat down and discussed, Hey, here's our plan. I mean, well, I think I look at this differently. You know, Eric uh, is one race at a time, you know, looks at, you know, where the best fit is for the next spot. Um, I'm not sure he's, in fact, I'm pretty sure he's not even thinking about the Breeders' Cup right now. But, you know, as an owner, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, first it's the Derby. And then when you get involved, you start thinking Breeders' Cup, too. Well, the Derby came and went for this horse. So, you know, I, I would love to see him get in a race. Um, I you know, personally, I think maybe his best spot might be the grass mile. Um, I know he uh, he likes the turf. Um, there's a uh, there's a Thunder Road Grade Three coming up early February, going a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, I, personally, I think that's a good spot for him because if he if he does well and comes out of the race fine, the Frank Kilrow Mile, um, the Grade One on mm, Man- Watch on out for the Kilrow. You got is going to be the toughest race got, of the year. You got Michelle's horse well, in there. You got our horse in there. I mean, you're just you're just bringing up. This sounds like a dollar bet for all of us. This well, sounds like. No. A <laughs> well, here's the thing, and Eric's going to probably say, "I can't believe Bob said that." But I mean, you know, again, <laughs> as an owner, you, you want to dream, Bob. He's kidding. I mean, I, you uh, know, yeah, Eric, Eric, Bob didn't mean that. He's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. I, I think the first box you want to check is, you know, see how he does. You know, going a mile in a, in a little easier company. 
uh, in a stakes race on the grass and let's see how he does. And, you know, if he, if he comes out of the race fine and he, and he enjoys it, maybe you take a shot at that or maybe you don't, maybe he's not ready for it, but you know, there's a lot of different scenarios. I think it's a little premature to say we're going to target this race in the Breeders' Cup. We may not even get there, but I know Eric likes running the, the Calbred races and rightfully so, because he's been very successful with the chosen run there. And uh, I think we just got to take a one, one race at a time. And um, there, there is no strategy, I guess, to answer your question. It's not like we sat down and we said we're going to run these six races leading up to the beginning of November. Right. Um, that, that's not the case. Nor so have you're we not. Done you, that so, I mean, him. basically, Bob, what you just said is you're not a complete psychopath like myself. <laughs> that's me that, that too. I told you that. Yeah, you just called me like just an. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Obviously, uh, uh, listen. I have two more, two more very quick questions. One, there's yeah. an age-old saying. We, Michelle, and I have both been in California pretty much our whole lives. Um, it pays to own a Calbred. I mean, I'm looking at the you know E.B. Johnson, the Calif- the, the, the the Cal Cup Sprint, the California Dreamin'. The chosen run has been able to run in these races because he is a cowbred, and I think there's something to that. I, I we try to get involved as many cowbreds as we can. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's nice to have a cowbred because um, they have that uh, the the series of races, the stakes races that are fairly lucrative. And I think what we've been fortunate enough uh, on Veron's side is, you know, Eric mentioned this early on. You know, he's very athletic horse, and he is. Um, he's not the biggest horse. He's like 1,100 pounds. But he's got a big heart. He's very versatile. You know, he, he's, yep. he's proved he can go two turns. He's went a mile and 16th on both the dirt and the grass. You know, he's sprinted on both the dirt and the grass. Amazing. Uh, and he's routed on the dirt, too. Such so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. such a cool horse. That's well, amazing. And, and it gives them so many options because there's so many Calbred races. Right. And they kind of, you know, fit all those. Uh, of the criteria for all those all those races so we have a lot of options with him and again go it just really goes back to eric and uh, what he sees fit as far as you know if, if the horse can handle this competition and I, I think he's proven that he's a very tough calbred horse uh but open company you know, obviously you know is a lot more challenging and uh i think having a horse like this occasionally we got to swing for the fences and see if we can you know get a grade two or grade one under our belt absolutely awesome. absolutely one one final question You've been in this game a long time. Uh, you've done virtually everything. Uh, for someone that's looking to become a racehorse owner, what's the one piece of advice that you, Bob Fetkin, would give to them? Come into this with the expectation of having fun. Because, mm. if like, you know, I mean, it's, it's got to be enjoyable. Don't come here with the rent money trying to a, uh, buy a horse and get involved in racing. Do it because you love the sport. And, uh, you know, you, you, you enjoy the adrenaline the day your horse runs. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there's the highs and the lows. You know, you come in there thinking we're going to win, and you don't. And then it's like, you know, you feel deflated. So um, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Uh, just come in, have fun, and enjoy the ride. And uh, hopefully you're fortunate enough to get a nice, sound horse that's successful and um, you have a lot of fun with well, hopefully, Bob Fetkin, we will see you at the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday in May with some of your Colt group. Uh, hopefully, we will see the chosen Ron at the Breeders' Cup this this November in Santa Anita. And I got to tell you, we really appreciate you coming on today. This has been fantastic. I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people out there who may not, with all due respect, know who you were. And that's what the whole point of the owner box was. So thank you very much for spending the time with us today. Well, you know, thank you again for having me. I had a lot of fun and uh, enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully I, I meet you all either in Kentucky or in Santa Anita at the end of the year. How's oh, that? Oh, fine. We'll I'll be, be in Santa Anita. We'll be buying the beers. Right. We'll buy you a beer for sure. Or Michelle likes champagne, right. Bob, just so you know.
Well, <laughs> well you know what? I'll, then I'll buy her some champagne. How's there you that? go. Yeah. You got it on record like here. So. All right. Bob Fecken right. here in the owner's box. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Thanks. Bob. You guys have you bet. Have a good day. Thanks, everyone. Michelle, what a guest. I know. He's so great. You know, I mentioned it right there. I'm just going to repeat myself really quick. The, the the point of the owner's box when we first started 20 years ago or however many years we started doing this was to, to get people's stories out there. I didn't know. who. I, I have to be honest. I had no idea who Bob Fecken was until uh, 45 minutes ago. Ditto. Yeah. So it's so great. And and if you're out there and you listen to the show and you have a good idea for someone that might want to have some great stories and some lessons. I mean, he was so well spoken, obviously a major success in business. I totally want to go get Arby's for lunch now, by the way. <laughs> Normally, Michelle and I do this show in the afternoons and we're kind of I kind of feel like sometimes we're dragging a little bit. This is uh, it's 11 a.m. right now. And I am like just all I can think about is going to get a, a some horsey sauce on a roast beef sandwich. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love their curly fries. They have really good curly that, fries. I, I don't remember the last time I've been to Arby's. Me neither because they they don't have them out here as much anymore. No. How would you rank – okay, rank your fast food fries. Fries? Yeah. Oh, it's, top, Mc, top it's McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's obviously. When they, I mean, when like they, not when they're a... so hot they burn the roof of your mouth? Oh, my gosh. I, I will wait for, like, fresh McDonald's fries. Where do you – okay, so you have McDonald's? McDonald's fries are number one. Um, and then – Jack in the Box curly fries. Good with this with and a little then, spice on it. Yep. yep, and then Arby's curly fries. How do you feel That's about it. the little waffle fries at Chick Fil A? You know, I actually don't mind the waffle fry. I don't feel like the Chick Fil A fries have a ton of flavor, though. I they love are. their spicy chicken sandwiches, but I don't. I feel like the fries are just like eh. In and out fries. Eh. Just eh. Interesting. They're all right. If I'm eating an In-N-Out burger, it's fine. But okay, like, if okay. you give me the option, I will drive to McDonald's also and get McDonald's fries. Here, here is your option right now. The McQuay okay. is ready. Yes. Taco Bell taco or Jack in oh, the Box Jack in taco? Oh, Jack in the Box. <laughs> I knew you were going to go to Jack in the Box there, right? Uh, yeah. Hands down. The Jack of the Box French all right. fry. Well, all right, Michelle. We've talked a lot. Bob Fetkin was a great guest. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview. Michelle, what's coming up at Santa Anita this week? Oh my gosh, so much coming yeah, up. Besides at the rain. It, oh, it is supposed to rain, right? So we had rain like all last week. It's been brutal. And we got rid of it for the racing, which is great. The forecast for this week does look like rain on Saturday, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be an absolute stinker. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Do we have anything uh, fun going on out there, assuming we do run? Yes. So we actually have the Corgi Nationals. Which we all oh, like. We right? do like that. I like Bulldogs better, but. So maybe it got rescheduled. I don't see it on my calendar now. It was supposed to I be. I think it did get rescheduled. But it got okay. rescheduled from before maybe to this weekend. So they might have to move it again. Maybe. Let uh. me see if I click on this thing. What does it say? I... Oh, okay. So it did get moved to February yeah. 19th. There you go. But it's it in like my little list of Corgi National stuff. Yeah. Um. Sorry. I've Obviously, learned, can I, I tell you about well how? Can piece. I tell you about how much more mature I am these days? Barely. No, because in the past I would be going ballistic right now with the rain and missing works and dick track oh, closures yeah. and missing races. And now I say, you know what? It's Mother Nature. Yep. You can't fight her. She's nope. very powerful. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the best we can, and we're going to be patient. And we're going to trust our trainers, which is another thing that Bob said. He stole my line. And uh, when it, when we're able to run, we're able to run. Okay. I'm, so 
if you get to and run this. And I haven't this, taken any no. gummies. Uh, let's see. So Friday is free admission, free general parking. Beautiful. And uh, the golden hour, pick four and double. $2 Saturday, hot dogs? No. Uh. Saturday is the La Quinata. And okay. it is the Vox Populi print signing and giveaway. And, of course, we know it was Cody's Wish that was awarded the Vox Populi this Go year. Go listen to our show with the yes. Cody's Wish dad. He was amazing. And the picture that they used for it is just beautiful. 100% I'm getting it and framing it because he just looks amazing in it. Who, is someone um, gonna sign, who's signing it? Excellent question. Thank um, you. Let's see if it says on here. Thank you. Oh, so Kelly Dorman's coming. Oh, there you go. Oh, we're going to have to go and uh, say hi to him. Of course. And then Danny Mulvihill, who is a Godolphin owner, and then Chris Tweedy, who is the son of Penny Chenery, which, of course, this race or this uh, award is named after. Fantastic. Sounds like it could be cool. <laughs> I hope it doesn't uh, rain. I know, right? Well, they'll have them under a tent, but it, we obviously will get more people if it doesn't rain. Right. And then um, Sunday... We were just have racing, and then also Saturday and Sunday we had the new Coast to Coast Pick Five, which had in freaking sane payouts yeah, this last week. I saw that. Uh, I went four for five on Saturday, Oof. and then I I did not get in on Sunday. Uh, my ticket was very small. I only think I lasted like two legs, and I was out. But the payouts were crazy. Nice. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it. I guess we can end the show. Special thanks to all of our sponsors. We have a lot of new sponsors coming on board. I know the In The Money Media team is working on that. We should have that done shortly. Uh, Michelle, thanks to you. Thanks to uh, Bob Fetkin for coming on the show today. Good luck with the chosen Ron and his Colts group. Hopefully, Bob will uh, talk about how great the owner's box is uh, when he wins the Kentucky Derby. It would be pretty nice to have that. Kind awesome. of, yeah. So, um, All right. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Thanks, everybody. Bye.